Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, we have Tiffany Gillespie joining us. We're so lucky to have her here. She is a serial entrepreneur, and she gives great advice to other entrepreneurs. So for all of you who have a side hustle out there, listen up. Um, She is the CEO of T3 Diversity Solutions. She's also an adjunct professor at Drexel University, and she's just an all-around awesome woman. So uh, we're really excited to have you here. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, how are you? We're doing great. I'm so glad that you're joining us. Um, So to kick things off, to let people know uh, more about your background, can you describe your journey as an entrepreneur? Oh, wow. Um, So I did not choose entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship chose me. I attended LaSalle University to get my bachelor's degree in criminal justice. I thought that I wanted to be an attorney and that lasted all of about three months post-graduation when I (laughs) saw that the junior associates were literally chained to their desk. I'll never forget one of the last law firms that I worked at because my junior associates were so overwhelmed. I was literally buried behind piles and piles of documents. And I remember taking a photo of this desk and telling myself, one day I'm going to look back on this and laugh. One day, you know, this moment is all going to make sense and it's all going to pay off for me. And I literally still have that photo on my computer as a reminder of where I came from. This journey has required a lot of sacrifices, um, a lot of discipline. And again, I didn't choose it. It chose me. After leaving the last law firm that I was working at, I made the decision to take the huge leap of faith and to follow my first love, uh, which is event planning. And I still do it to a different degree or in a different way. But um, I decided to you know, find a job in the event planning industry. I had already started my business, but I didn't feel like it was where it needed to be to sustain me financially. So I start working at this job and two months later, I get fired. Um, That was the first time that I lost my job and emphasis on first time, which means that there was a second time that came. Um, But I literally wandered around downtown Philadelphia because I had no idea, you know, what do people do when they get fired. I had never been without a job and I was wandering around looking for places to work and rent was due and all of these responsibilities living in this city by myself. And um, I went home and I remember I did one of the most humbling things that I've ever done in my life. And I applied for uh, welfare benefits, all of the benefits that I could possibly get. And that moment though, is what began my journey of self-employment. Because prior to that, I had owned my business only for about a year prior to that moment. And again, all of a sudden, I became unexpectedly unemployed and was launched into the deep of business ownership and self-employment. And um, I'll stop there because my journey has been a very complicated and twisted one with plenty of health challenges and, you know, in and out of jobs, losing jobs and things of that nature. But um, entrepreneurship has been my life for the better part of the past decade. 
Wow. So it sounds like, I mean, first of all, congratulations on getting through all of that. That can be so defeating and challenging for everybody that experiences what you experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also sounds like everything that led you to where you are has something to do with wellness, which you know is our passion, Mm -hmm. right? You left your law firm because of that. Um, You had to manage your well-being as you were dealing with the, the loss of your job. Um, and now as an entrepreneur, you're also, I'm assuming, managing and trying to maintain your wellness. So throughout your journey, um, I mean, obviously, we'd love to hear more as you've continued to grow, but mm-hmm. I'd love to hear about how you're maintaining your wellness as well. Absolutely. So um, I have a new perspective on wellness. One of the things that I am very clear about where my purpose in consulting is, is that I have a holistic approach to entrepreneurship, meaning that when I'm working with a client, we are not just focused on money, but we are also focused on spiritual wellness, physical wellness, mental and emotional wellness. The reason why I'm such an advocate for those things is, again, because of all that I have endured. And I think a lot of times when we talk about wellness, we only think about wellness uh, as being physical. Am I getting up? Am I going to the gym? But even with physical wellness, it goes you know, far beyond um, going to the gym. Your physical wellness is making sure that you're getting enough rest at night. It's making sure that you're setting deadlines or, or times, cutoff times for your work. Um, as an entrepreneur, I if I didn't have to sleep, I would just work around the clock. Like I love what <laughs> I do so much that I would literally do this all the time. Um, when we think about spiritual wellness, one of the things that I tell every entrepreneur, um, I, anyone who knows me, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm very vocal about my spiritual beliefs, but I don't force those beliefs on anyone. What I do recommend is that you believe in something bigger than you. Um, This journey is not for the faint of heart. Uh, It is not easy. It is worth it. Um, In the end, there are some moments when it doesn't even feel like it's worth it. But Mm -hmm. at the end of every challenging period, um, it always proves to be worth it, that all things are made beautiful in their own timing. Um, I have also dealt with major health challenges. I have had brain surgery. Um, I still have a brain condition. There is no cure for it. Um, It's called a Chiari malformation, and that has its own side effects that come with it. I made the decision, um, or rather my body made the decision for me um, in 2013, you know, to have what is called a decompression surgery in order to improve my quality of life. Um, I have, you know, some fairly close friends who also have the same condition and they chose not to have that surgery, but they're suffering. Um, And I don't, you know, discount or take lightly that I was able to have this surgery and survive it. And my only hope and prayer was for a better quality of life. And I remember that uh, before I had this surgery, 
um, I, I made a promise to God and I would always caution people about doing that because <laughs> we want to make sure we can make promises that we can keep. But um, <laughs> I, I made this promise to God, right? And I'm like, you know, if you bring me through this and I come out with my mind intact, all of my pieces and parts, everything is, is in place and it's better than what it is now, I promise that I will live the rest of my life out loud and on purpose for you. I will walk in this purpose. I will do the work that you've called me to do. And I'll serve the people who I'm supposed to serve. And I'll do this every single day. And, you know, to be honest, I've not always lived up to that. But for the most part, that's been a promise that I've been able to keep. So when I think about my own journey, and it's an ongoing relationship, that I have with wellness. Um, It's that brain surgery that really keeps me grounded and rooted in wellness, right? That's the thing that brings me back and says, okay, don't forget that you have to take care of yourself spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally before you can even get to the financial part. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's really great advice because you know, if you're not maintaining preventatively thinking about these things, you know, in a, in a sort of uh, promotive fashion, like I'm going to make sure that I don't have further issues. Of course, there are some issues that you can, you cannot avoid that nothing you could have done would have had you avoid it. But there are certainly things physically and mentally that you can help to alleviate um, over time if you're being conscious about it. And so I think that, the idea of, um, you know, ensuring that you're keeping it top of mind that you have to be able to be in a in a good place physically, mentally, spiritually mm-hmm. in order to be able to approach your work in the fullest way possible and that you're not taking for granted that, you know, you've sort of re it, it sounds like it caused you to sort of reassess or mm-hmm. um, recom- recommit to um, a purpose, which we talk about the importance of purpose all the time that, um, you know, if you see yourself as sort of this you know, one, uh, one employee and your job is to make widgets, but you don't understand like how your job relates to everyone else's job or how it Mm -hmm. impacts the organization. Your job becomes so much less motivating. Um, so I think that that's really, um, inspirational that you've been through so much and that your takeaway from that, um, whole journey was to recommit to, Mm -hmm. um, living a life that, um, has a, a really, um, self-directed, um, and intentional purpose towards, um, you know, serving others and, and uh, achieving the goals that you set out. So, um, part of those goals are, um, you know, being your own boss and Mm -hmm. being able to set your own direction. Why is that something, um, from a, you know, broader perspective, something that has been important to you and, uh, how does being in charge of, your time and your um, business present both opportunities and challenges to your wellness. Mm-hmm. That's oh, that's such a great question because I think that a lot of people say, you know, um, I, I want to own my own business because I, I don't want to have a boss. But when you are a business owner in general, whether you are completely self-employed or not, um, when you are a business owner, you trade one boss for many bosses. So my clients, you know, dictate a lot of how my days go. Now, of course, I set boundaries on that boundary, such as, you know, 
I don't take meetings uh, with other people before 11 a.m. And the reason why is because I actually tend to work later into the evening, but I still set boundaries on that, right? I'm not working until one or two or three o'clock in the morning every single day. Have there been times where I've had to do that? Absolutely. If there's a deadline that has to be met or, you know, things are just extremely busy and I need to utilize all of the hours that are available to me. But I set those boundaries so that that doesn't become my lifestyle. Um, There have been times in my life where I have, you know, run my life and I've lived on four hours of sleep, four hours of sleep per night for months you know, three or four months at a time. But then there's also been these periods of two or three years where I was getting adequate rest and all of that. So I think that when we talk about being your own boss, I really want the world to stop selling dreams and fallacies uh, to people. We sell the allure of it, the glamour of it, but no one talks enough about the many sacrifices, the hard times, the ups and the downs. And like you said, those challenges to making sure that you're taking care of yourself. So one, one of the things that I will say is that being my own boss, it affords me the opportunity to make my own schedule, which means that I can schedule in time for myself. I can schedule in time with my family. Uh, Earlier today, I spent about 90 minutes on the phone with my brother just catching up. We haven't had a really good catch-up conversation in some weeks, um, and we took that time. I was only able to do that in the middle of the day because I'm my own boss. Um, with, so, so that's like one of the benefits. One of the challenges is that um, today I was also supposed to take an hour and go to the gym, but because we are in uh, the process of launching a new business, Um, that had to be put on the back burner for today. There were some things that I had to get done. So there's also those challenges of keeping your promises and your commitments to yourself, um, that working out is a very important part of my life. Um, I've dealt with, you know, health challenges around not being physically active and always sitting in front of a computer, um, and had to, you know, get treatment from a physical therapist and a doctor and all of that. So that's where the challenge comes in is maintaining the progress that I've made. I invested in my health. So now I have the challenge of maintaining that. So that's just an example of some of the the challenges. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think that's very relatable. Mm-hmm. The, the Everybody wants the flexibility. So the positive side makes a lot of sense. And the challenges, I think, are extremely relatable, especially when you're really invested in what you're doing. As you mentioned, you love what you do. So sometimes mm-hmm. it can be very hard to pull yourself away yeah. from what you're doing. <laughs> and sometimes you can't. Like there's literally deadlines and things that you cannot stop doing what you're doing. Um, for those listeners that are interested in being entrepreneurs or are testing the waters and getting into getting themselves out there, what would you recommend? What are the things that you're doing, you know, besides scheduling and, you know, you obviously still face challenges. Are there any specific tips you would give people to help them manage through the challenges and the obstacles of maintaining your wellness as an entrepreneur? Absolutely. Um, so I think that 
again, we live in a world that sells this idea of, you know, the only way you're successful is if you're a part of team no sleep. That is uh, horrible. <laughs> it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not sustainable. So when I first became an entrepreneur. I was of that belief that if I wasn't always working, 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 then I wasn't successful. And and really, moreover, if I wasn't showcasing um, that I was working, if the rest of the world didn't know that I worked a 12, 14 or 16 hour day, then did it really matter? Right. Um, So one of the first things I would say, and I'm going to really quickly kind of hit four key areas, uh, first and foremost, is definitely to make sure that you have a routine for prayer or meditation or something that grounds you and keeps you centered. So um, again, my faith is a very important part of the work that I do. Um, So I'm literally, I'm praying and like talking to God all day, but there are also some really intentional things that I do, like writing affirmations and having a vision board and Literally, I look at that vision board every day and I'm, you know, thinking on it and and like meditating and praying on what's on it because it sets my direction for the day. It's a daily reminder of why I am doing this work. Um, I have a gratitude journal that I keep by my bed. And, you know, if there's a moment where I feel down or I feel like I'm taking a lot of losses in business. And some days I I feel like I just lost the entire day. Uh, I was sharing a story with uh, one of my friends earlier today that, you know, the past few weeks of this year, they've been challenging. They've had their ups and downs, but it's lately it's felt like a lot more losses than wins. Um, But I'm mature enough in my entrepreneurial journey to understand that everything goes in cycles. So I've really been intentional about completing the different days in my gratitude journal, because I know that even at the end of the hardest day, I am still immensely blessed. Like I I still have achieved so many wonderful and amazing things. And even though it may not feel good, I have definitely, you know, been victorious. So I would encourage people to get a routine around that before they start um, a business because business consumes a lot of your time. Get a routine around your physical care. Schedule appointments, right? These are very simple things like schedule all of your regular doctor's appointments that you need to schedule um, and do that before you really kind of jump into this journey because once you jump in, those things become secondary. And next thing you know, it's been two years since you've gotten a physical and three years since you've gone to the dentist. So (laughs) make that like make that a priority and schedule those things, you know, from the beginning. Um, And then um, even around your mental and emotional, you know, wellness, make sure that you are connected to positive people. Um, Make sure that you have a plan to get yourself out of the house. A lot of people work from home. That's not the healthiest thing. It's convenient and it sounds good, but it's really, really unhealthy actually. Um, So making a plan around that. And then of course, having a financial plan as well, making sure that you've mapped out what your expenses are, that you've minimized those expenses, um, that you've, you know, made the sacrifices that you need to make um, and that you've started the process of disciplining yourself before you start the business. Otherwise, um, 
once you get into it, you're not going to be as disciplined as you need to be. So those would be some of my kind of starting steps that I would recommend. Yeah. So it sounds like um, you're a big proponent of uh, getting committed to a wellness plan first Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then fitting your work around that plan as opposed to trying to (laughs) see how you can squeeze in wellness once the plan gets going. Um, I was just talking about this the other day because I used to keep – my schedule in uh, like a regular appointment book and I Mm -hmm. would kind of put my um, appointments in like little like circles like I'd be like okay this meeting at nine this meeting at two and then I would just like circle everything I had to do but it wasn't in like a flat order like a straight Mm -hmm. order like a google calendar is Mm -hmm. and when I switched to online calendar I have seen myself creep towards being very uncomfortable with having open space in my calendar Mm. so because things are laid out in like a format I feel like I need to fill every block of time or else like what am I doing with that time Mm. and so being conscious about what are your what are your default bad mechanisms I think is really good and one of the things that I also do that's resonating with me is like I'll fill in all this free time with work-related stuff because I'm like well I have time to do that or I have time to do that but then I'm not actually filling in the time ahead of time with work related stuff. So recently I've been like, okay, let me go to my week, fill in ahead of time, my wellness stuff. Mm. And then I'll go back and fill in any extra spaces. But I'm also trying not to fill in like after hours time, just because I'm like, well, I'll probably like, you know, planning ahead is really important. So I appreciate what you're saying because that helps me also in trying to work through (laughs) what I've been trying to work through with this like calendar disease (laughs) that I have. Um. (laughs) See, I'm the opposite. I love when I see like open days, I'm like, oh my goodness, I need to block this day off and like hide it from the world. I can't tell anybody that I had this day off. My best friend (laughs) sent me a message earlier and she was like, you know, what are you doing today? And I'm working. Um, And her comment was, oh, I was hoping you finally returned to Mondays are for me. So prior to September of 2000. 19 um i every monday i would not work like no appointments no meetings so i would sleep in until i felt like getting up and then i would just work on like planning out and mapping out my day that's what would consume my time on mondays and i coined this term mondays are for me and literally it started catching on with people and i'm you know seeing people on social media and like they're talking about what they're doing on their mondays and how they were utilizing mondays to get their personal work done because we also um as as business owners we have to work during business hours right we have to be available so when do you have time to call Comcast and, you know, find out why your bill is higher and, you know, (laughs) call and make this doctor's appointment. Like you're losing that time because we're filling it with work-related activities. So when she said that to me and I literally thought like, man, I can't wait until I can really go back to a day off for myself. And again, I understand that it goes in cycles. I know that I'm in a temporary place where, Um, this is, you know, my life, right, where I I don't have really any days off. But I also have to think about the years that I had every Monday off that lasted for maybe two or three years. So and I know that it'll come back, right? This is just a temporary season. So I'm a little bit different than you when I see a day that is open on my calendar, I try to hide it from the world. And when people ask me what I'm doing, (laughs) I'm busy. I'm not available that day. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's good though. I mean, I think that that's a much more healthy approach. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually much more like you, Tiffany. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I will try to block big times if I see like that. My calendar is open all Wednesday, for example. Mm-hmm. I will block as much of that day, um, so that the people that ha- do have access to my calendar, um, think I'm doing something. Well, I am doing something, but think that I'm doing a meeting or something right. where they can't schedule over it. <laughs> yep. So that gives me that mm-hmm. that extra flexibility to work on tasks that I couldn't get to because of meetings or things like that. Like whatever it is I need to take care of I can Mm -hmm. take care of it and I I love that I'm so with you and I love Mondays are for me that's awesome yeah Yeah. fun oh I want that I want Mondays to be well we could try we could we could do a worker being Monday for me someday oh I love that definitely do it (laughs) <laughs> let's not do it though in like March not even March like April or May like a time, yeah. a time we can realistically yeah. keep this which is going to be yes. after probably April or something like that um, another thing that I started doing a really quick tip since we're talking about this so one of the things that I found though again in, in September of 2019 my life and the way that I do business shifted so I became busier like extremely extremely busy amazing things but just busier And one of the things that I was finding is that it was taking me a long time to do follow-up with people. So one of the things that I started doing, and that that made me overwhelmed, right? Because then I felt like I was falling behind on my to-do list. So again, there are like these hacks and these tricks when we talk about wellness and like the mental and emotional wellness, you really have to almost trick yourself into certain things. So because I was feeling overwhelmed by the fact that my to-do list was just getting longer and longer, what I did was I actually started blocking out one hour blocks between meetings. I'll be honest, this was very, very hard at first Mm -hmm. because I'm used to like, nope, let's bang it out. Let's get these back-to-back meetings done. And, you know, I want to have a productive day, get as much done as I can in a day. But what I found was when I started putting an hour between each meeting, it gave me time to mentally come down, get everything out on paper. I can send the recap the same day. I'm not taking a week or two weeks to send a recap, but that I'm able to get those things out. And therefore my mind is clear, which then affects my emotions because now I feel better. I've decluttered everything. So when we talk about like wellness and scheduling, there are some hacks that I use. And that also what that does is it also automatically reduce the number of appointments that I have every day. So now I'm literally scheduling appointments maybe a month out from now. And the reason why is because there's no time on my calendar. I was talking to someone today and I don't meet with her until March 13th like, you know, much later on down the line. Um, And the reason for that is because um, I'm being more intentional about my scheduling, right? That we're scheduling, you know, time that is far out. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point because I often will back to back to back meetings. And I think it's a really good practice because then you're entering into the next meeting really like, thinking about the prior meeting and then you're like oh I have to send this email or this thing and then sometimes you're not even like fully present in the next meeting because you're still like trying to wrap Mm -hmm. your head around tying up the loose ends from the one before um so I really like that idea I think that's awesome um so as a as a wrap up uh what else do you want us to know about your work 
or uh, things that you have on the horizon or anything else that you want our listeners to know um, about being an entrepreneur or the things that you're working on lately? Absolutely. So um, one of the things that I think is most important that we haven't talked about is that I am very passionate about serving women. So um, 98% of my clients are women own or women managed businesses, women run businesses. Um, And we service women all across the country, helping them to um, either cultivate and lead with an entrepreneurial spirit or to actually start a business. So one of the things about entrepreneurship is that you don't have to be a business owner to cultivate that entrepreneurial spirit, that innovative spirit. Um, so we really work with women on that. And because of that, what I am doing um, um, starting in March of 2020 is that we will be launching uh, a new community for women leaders who either own a business or who want to cultivate that entrepreneurial spirit. And that community is called the Six Figure Society. So uh, March 2020, the doors for that, the virtual doors for that will open. And what it is is an opportunity for um, women to uh, partake in one-on-one consulting, group consulting, so that they have a community of accountability partners. And then there's also a lot of content that is going to be developed. And we are really focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, for women in general, um, and just making sure that we are doing our part to level the playing field. That's what equity is all about, that the playing field has been leveled uh, for every woman. It's not asking for a handout or even a hand up. It's asking for a hand, right? That if men get a hand, can we get one too? So um, this community, the Six Figure Society, we are creating that as a way to um, provide consulting services uh, for a community of women who you know, need that, that help. So that's really, you know, what's on the horizon uh, for me. And I know that you all are going to talk about some of the other amazing things that we're doing. Yes, um, that is amazing. First of all, I'm super excited for March and for your launch and to, to see how that all goes. I think it's a really great idea and a great um, audience. Obviously, we believe in women owned businesses, too. So I think this is a really exciting venture for you. And Tiffany, as you mentioned, we are partnering on a number of events coming up. Tiffany is going to be at our retreat. So I'll mention that again um, later. So that's super exciting. We're very mm-hmm. happy to have this partnership and relationship with you. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us and for, for this relationship. And we do have one final fun question. Okay, let's do it. If you could partner with any entrepreneur mm-hmm. in the world, who would you pick and why? This is such a challenging question um, because there are so many amazing um, leaders out there. So I know this is probably kind of like a typical answer, but for me, it would be um, Oprah Winfrey. And the reason why is because Mm. I love how she has 
transformed as a business owner. One of my favorite stories about her is her journey with her television network own. Um, I'll never forget. And I can vividly like still see this as if I was watching it today. I was watching an interview with her um, on uh, the morning show on CBS. And I believe it was um, Gail and I forget who else was at the table. They were interviewing her and it was maybe about a year or two after own uh, launched And she was talking about the fact that they were actually at the point of getting ready to close their doors. Like if something miraculous didn't happen like very, very soon that own uh, the thing that she left her, you know, daytime talk show to start, if it didn't, you know, click within a, a very short time that they would be closing their doors. And I remember the vulnerability and the transparency and the raw, the the raw feel of that moment that I tried a thing, it's not really working out the way that I thought that it would. And I could see the, um, like the twinge of sadness, but also this like resolute determination to make this work. But I just appreciated the vulnerability of that moment. Um, and that is what would make me want to work with her is learning how she pivoted um, to something that was totally new. And while it wasn't completely outside of her realm of knowledge, it was completely new for her. And as someone who is in a very pivotal place and my business is pivoting and making people respect that, and then how do you grow it and get people to subscribe? Those are the things that I would would want to learn um, from her and be able to work with her. I love that answer. I mean, who doesn't want to work with Oprah? (laughs) She's the best. Yeah. No, that's... That's great, though. Your reasoning, though, yes. is actually awesome. I think I think we'll uh, at her when we post this. And <laughs> who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe she'll respond. Who knows? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, thank, thank you, you so, so much for being here. We are so excited for all the things to come with you, um, featuring you in our retreat, as well as uh, some upcoming other treats for our audience, uh, like uh, an upcoming Instagram yes. live and uh, an event that we'll be unveiling soon. So yes. uh, many more good things to come. Thank you so, so much for being here. And uh, we just know our listeners will learn so much from your insights. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We're so excited to have had Tiffany join us today. It was a great discussion. We loved hearing about her entrepreneurship and wellness. If you want to learn more about Tiffany, please check out our website at t3diversitysolutions.com. It's T, the number three, diversitysolutions.com. Tiffany is also going to be joining us at our retreat. She will be hosting a power hour during lunch on April 18th. So to learn more about our retreat and our full agenda, check out the link in the show notes as well. And we'll have some more exciting stuff to come with Tiffany. As Katina mentioned, we will be hosting an event with her in DC. So keep an eye out for all that. Subscribe to our email list to learn more about our events and everything that's upcoming with Worker Being. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at contact at workerbeing.com. Reach out on social media at workerbeing on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, you can find us on our website, workerbeing.com. Thanks for listening.
Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. 